the Adonis audio experience. Welcome, everybody. You're joined by Adonis and our special guest, Jarvis. Jarvis, what's going on, brother? Good morning. Good morning, man. I'm excited to be here today. Man, we just, we got the day. It's a beautiful Saturday. I mean, it's going to be like 95 today. So beach, barbecue, what we should have been doing last weekend. Yes, sir. I agree. I agree, man. And especially now, you're seeing... The, uh, the change with, with the coronavirus starting to go down. The people are out there having fun. I'm seeing everything is packed. Everything you got you to gotta get out there quick. Yeah, man. People riding their bikes. People rollerblading. Everybody having a good time. And in the midst of this, we got to get right into it, man. We got playoff basketball happening. The end of the first round has passed. Now we get into the second round and, you know, just to get into it right away, this game just happened just last night. And, you know, I was in bed by midnight after watching it and that was Clippers Mavs and Kawhi, Luca, I mean, Jay, what you make of this man? Talk to us. I think. I, what happened last night is what should have been happening the whole series. And uh, we, we were just speaking on this before uh, earlier today. I think the Clippers finally got punched in the face and it woke them up. It, it might be what they needed. This round may have been what they needed to wake up. And Kawhi finally took over because Paul George is a great scorer. But at the end of the day, this is Kawhi's team. He had to be the guy that's going to be the front runner and lead the way. And he did that last night, man. He offensively, that's probably the best I've ever seen him play mm. on both ends of the court in a game. And, and on top of Paul George brought, he dropped, I think, a little over 20 last night also. So they mm. both came to play, but they got to bring that every night. If they can bring that every night, they're going to be a hard team to beat. Yeah. I mean, I looked at that, just the box score there. Paul George had 20. He was a plus nine. I mean, Kawhi a plus eight with 45. I mean, this was vintage Kawhi. I haven't seen Kawhi look this good since he was with the Raptors. I mean, he looked like just a machine, and he was efficient, man. He shot like 60% from the field. He was dropping threes in people's face. He was dunking. He was boxing people out in the paint, putting putbacks. I mean... Is it just me, or does it seem like he's not getting elevation, but yet his hands are always by the top of the box? <laughs> he has. He has. I mean, there's a reason it's called the claw. He has big <laughs> hands. He has some big hands, man. But, you know, I, I was glad to see him finally show some emotion yesterday. Like, he played an emotional, aggressive game. And like you said, we haven't seen that since that finals against the Warriors. So... I'm hoping that this is this is him now. I think playoff Kawhi is back. And and it might be added motivation. I, I could be wrong, but if I'm him, I see what happened with the Lakers uh, 48 hours ago. I will be motivated because now that path is gone. Because I, I felt like last year the Lakers had the same feeling. When the Clippers were bounced, it was almost like to the Lakers, that was our only obstacle. This is a clear path to the finals now. And I feel like the Clippers should feel the same way because, it, in my opinion, I think they still are the best in the West. They're just not the most consistent. If they can get over that consistency, um, they're going to be the team to beat. Mm. So there's another game left to be had between the Clippers and the Mavs. I think that's a couple days out uh, from today, their next matchup. And that's going to be a game seven. It's going to be in L.A. Um, I really don't know how to... Where to go with this? I think the team that has the better star and better two-way player should win the game. That's what logic tells me, which is Kawhi Leonard. If he takes the, the team by the horns like he did last game, uh, but now he's got to do this back-to-back. And I've always been concerned with Kawhi's level of consistency. Can he bring it night in and night out at that level at this point in his career? He should be able to, but that's my only trepidation. But barring that, I think the Clippers take it and then they advance to the next round. I, I agree with you with the Clippers going to pull out this seven. 
Um, I'm not, I'm not 100 confident, but I have a lot of faith in them. I think, though, it's going to end up being the defensive side of it because I don't, Kawhi is not a 45 point guy like that. What we saw was was very rare out of him. 30, you know, mid 20s is more his style, and I think that's what we'll see in Game Seven. I think the difference if they're going to come out of the seven victorious is going to be the, the defensive strategy on, on Luca. And what I think, my personal opinion, if it was me, I would put, cause you can't have Patrick Beverly playing him the whole way. Mm. I think, Pat, I think Patrick Beverly should pick him up right at half court, which leaves Kawhi and Paul George back. And it leaves the uh, Zubak back because what they've been doing is having Zubak step up. And pick Kawhi and pick Luca up on these these picks, and that's a mismatch all day. And I mean, the, as great of a defender as Beverly is, that's a mismatch size wise. Totally. But if you can keep Beverly on that perimeter, catch him as soon as he turn him around at the the half court, and then tire him out a little bit and make make the rest of that team beat you. Don't let Luca beat you. Make make Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. and those guys and Kleber have to score because that's not what they do. And if, if they can do that, I think that's going to be the key to it. If they can slow Luka down maybe to like 20, mid-20s, not this 40-point barrage he's been throwing at him, I think mm. they'll pull this out easy. Mm. Now, heading into uh, the talk of L.A., uh, and that was really Lakers-Suns. Everybody was glued to the screen for this Lakers-Suns matchup. And before we get into that, um, obviously, if those who have been tuning in, this is going to be the first time since 2010 that we're not going to see Steph or LeBron in the playoffs. And that didn't even dawn upon me, but did the league turn on us generationally overnight? Did it just happen? We blinked and then, an, oh, 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 you know, that's it. This is a new league now. Yeah, I mean, this this year, this is going to symbolize it right here. I mean, it's, it's a perfect picture. Because you're going to have someone new. I mean, unless Kawhi gets there, you're going to have a new champion. And I I think it's a good thing for the league. I, I believe it's a good thing. Last year, I was a was one of the, the most unique seasons we've ever seen, probably we'll ever will see in the NBA. But I think we're seeing the future now. I mean, you got Donovan Mitchell, who's a monster. Devin Booker just showed us he's here. Hmm. I mean, I always liked him, but he showed us he's here. Mm. And I mean, obviously you got the Giannis, Giannis out there. He's young. You got Embiid. If he luckily, hopefully he, he can stay healthy and, and finish this this playoff run. But I like the future. I like that it's it's almost going back to. I think the super team thing is finally starting to go. I mean, obviously you got the Brooklyn, mm-hmm. but I think the Lakers. I think the Lakers are gonna blow that up. Um, it'll be good. I mean, I mean, I would love to see Steph in this playoff, but I think next year we get Steph and Clay back, along with whatever pieces they add to that. I'm excited for for this this rest of this postseason now and next year. Mm. Me, me too, man. I'm with that. And you're right. The super team thing it got a little played out. The generation of players that needed that to fulfill their whatever that is, their destiny, they're almost gone. You know, they're one foot out of the league. And now the guys that are in this league now, they want to, they want to take it. Like you could see Luca, like I'm not joining anybody. All right. I'm, I'm beating you here. You you, you could see, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it, you know, a little bit later with, with Trey young, but Trey had that same attitude. I can't see Trey wanting to team up with Luca to win a ring. You know what I mean? And, and and vice versa. And I can't see a guy like D book, which, you know, Booker is, it, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. And it's like, and, and I can't see a guy like Booker saying, Oh, I got to join forces with Embiid so I can get a ring. I think like, you're right, man. That whole super team nonsense is gone. And, and not to, you know, no disrespect to our, to, to our, our main man Rex, but LeBron started this. He started it, and and I was Team LeBron. I still am, but but I don't know, man. He worries me a little bit, and you know we're seeing the turn and the change of the guard, and transitioning to this this Suns Laker game. 
just to go over the box score really quick, man. LeBron with no AD on his own team was still a minus three on the court. Like, you know what I mean? And then you got D Booker was like, I'm going to put you away in the first half. There's not going to be two halves. I'm going to put you away in the first half. And, and that was it. And you know what? If you're LeBron, man, you, you can't just be that checked out. Like, where, where, where was the sense of urgency? Where, I, I just didn't see it. And, and I'm almost like, man, this, th- this guy grew a gray beard in two days. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> um, and, you know, before I even speak on it, anyone out there listening, I want to start a GoFundMe. Obviously, you can tell Rex is not here today. He's suffering from depression. <laughs> so we need to start a GoFundMe for him because he checked out just like LeBron. He's not here to defend himself. So I'm going to jump all over it. But you're right. Devin Booker. Devin Booker showed, and you know what? What's what's something that that dawned on me, and you just brought it up as far as the whole era change and everything. I was looking at it like it's funny. People don't realize that after Michael, even though Kobe, I don't think Kobe gets the full credit that he should get. A lot of players in today's game, the Jason Tatum, the Trey Young, the Devin Bookers, the Mitchells, when they interviewed and asked about who they looked up to, they're not they're not LeBron fans. They actually always bring up Kobe. Uh. And when Kobe and Kobe passed, you saw that you saw how much it affected them. And Kobe in in my mind, I mean you could say it's different. I mean other than Tim Duncan, Kobe and Tim Duncan are the last two that really stayed their whole career as a one team uh. and, and left that and kept that going from the, the old eras. And I'm I'm looking at the Devin Booker who we know throughout history, he this is his first playoff. He's been on Phoenix how many years? Yeah, like, and I think yeah. I think they're inspired by what Kobe did. That one franchise, and going through the pain and going through the losses, and then when you finally do get to that point, because if you if you're lucky enough to bring that championship, it's so much more satisfying than I jumped here, I jumped there, and that's why I think even with LeBron, that that move to Miami, I don't think those championships in Miami meant as much. I saw a big difference in emotion when LeBron went to Miami and when he won in Cleveland. Mm. Because there, Cleveland, you went through the. It's just like anything else. You go through that 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 trying, try, try, fall, fell, fell, and to finally get up and get where you where you started and bring it to the top. So I think that's where a lot of young players are going now, and I like it. I, I hope it continues. That's a great point because you know LeBron went to Miami, so he he never has to worry about going to the Hall of Fame without a ring, and that's what it kind of felt like. And then when he went to Cleveland, he went with a bunch of unproven talent, a bunch of unproven commodities because, you know, Kyrie had been in the league for three years, hasn't been to the playoff yet. Right. And, and, and great talent, but just coming off an injury. So it's like ton of question marks, but clearly he has lived up to, to expectations. So, you know, that's there. Right. Um, and then Kevin Love, you know, great player at the team where, where he was at, but, you know, still hasn't proven things. And then he played in Cleveland for all those years and was drafted by Cleveland. So coming back and winning it, I could see that. And to your point, when Kobe kicked Shaq off the team and said, get out of here, if you're not going to work hard, get the hell out of my team. Shaquille O'Neal, the most dominant player in the league at the time. Kobe did the opposite. He didn't say, come join me regardless. He said, get the hell out if you ain't committed. And I respect that so much more now than I did then. And then and then Kobe waited for his franchise to put a winning roster around him while other people won chips. Like, you people forget. Like, Kevin Garnett got a ring. Shaq got another ring. All these people, and, and not once was Kobe like, oh, I got to leave to go join another team. No, he waited till the Lakers put a winning product around him, and then he went and capitalized on those two rings. And, and I think that needs to get talked about a lot as well, where people don't even mention that. So respects to that and kudos to that. Yeah, and, and on top of it, and, and it's funny because I know people have brought up the whole Chris Paul. Remember the, the Chris Paul trade that was vetoed hmm. back with, with the Lakers. And um, a lot of people say, well, Kobe Kobe wanted Chris Paul to come play with him. 
and this and that. Like, he wasn't against that when it happened, just like he wasn't against when Dwight Howard came originally. But in my opinion, it, it, we're not attacking, because I know a lot of players are speaking up now where they're saying, oh, well, nobody says anything when the GMs make these moves, so why can't us as players? It's not a question of that. For me, and, and you being grew up on a 90s basketball, it's more so it's questioning you as a player's mentality. Like, if, if, if I'm playing on a team, you're playing on a team, and you just happen to get traded to me, you're a superstar, okay, I'm going to make it work. I'm, I'm not going to complain about it, but I didn't ask you to come here. I wasn't crying for help. I was going to go down with the ship if I had to. And I feel like that's what where it's different, where hmm. other guys are now like, okay, I can't win here by myself. I can't win here with this little bit of time. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm going to go hmm. to the next team. I'm going to go to the next team. To me, that shows your competitive nature. That That's a representation of you. It has nothing to do with the players versus the business and all that stuff. It's more so just that competitive nature of I want to beat you. You beat me, I'm going to beat you. And and I, me, we're not pros. I mean, obviously we know some, but hmm. we're not pros. <laughs> and But I know how competitive it is. Just playing on the playground all those years growing up. Hmm. My best friend, we played against each other. If his team beat mine, we wouldn't talk for two weeks. Hmm. And you could be damn sure I wasn't going to join his team. It took us maybe 10 years of playing against each other before we ever even teamed up on the same team. Word. And that's when we were, like, close to our 30s. So I think that's and that's why I love the direction it's going now because I don't see a beat ever leaving. I, I wouldn't. I don't want to see Damian Lillard leave, even though I understand if he does, because he's been through a lot of heartache and pain over there, and it's not his fault. Mm. Um, I, I don't see the Curry leaving. So I think we're going to actually – I think the league's going to get more competitive now. Mm. Even your Knicks, even your Knicks. I think you guys are going to have a great offseason. I, I could see somebody big wanting to come there and, and team up. Before we get my hopes up and we get to the Knicks – you know, we just got to get, we, we just, you know, in honor of Rex, that LeBron point, right? I just, I got to bring this up, Jay. LeBron is still the most dominant guy of his era. And a lot of these young players coming up, they think about dominance differently. Jason Tatum, Trey Young, these are all wing guys, you know? So they look at Kobe because rightfully so, Kobe was a wing guy. LeBron was all about just sheer dominance and control. And when you look at guys like, Zion Williamson and you look at guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo and when you look at guys like Ben Simmons that has been the inspiration that LeBron has brought but also player mobility player mobility would not be possible if it wasn't for LeBron and if it wasn't for LeBron and Chris Paul player salaries because the president of the players association Chris Paul and then his his consigliere is LeBron James so, you know, we could throw shade on Bron, but Bron is still the G. You know what I mean? We got to give Rex some love here. Bron is still a G. Listen, Rex Rex is a no-show just like LeBron was in the first round. Wow. So if he's not here to defend, hey, I, that's not my problem. <laughs> wow. But, but, I mean, you're right as far as that. I guess if you are a 6'9", 6'8", guy, but I, in my opinion, what, what he what LeBron has brought is just obviously he's a great player. Um I, I don't we, we we clearly know I don't agree with him on a competitive nature. But what he's brought to the game to me is just a more of a to practice a more balanced all around game. That's what he, that's what I feel like he's brought. Because the the six ten, six nine thing, I, I feel like you can't take away from magic. Magic kinda introduced that and that's where we got the Grant Hill and the Penny Hardaways mm. at the point guard position, and even LeBron. Mm. So I don't think he changed that, but I I do believe he is a the most all around player we have ever seen. Um, offensively, I, I don't know there because he's not he, and that's not his game. That's just like me saying Michael Jordan. I believe Michael Jordan could could do similar stats, and he showed it when asked for one season. But that wasn't his. That wasn't his role. Mm. So like LeBron, I, I'm not gonna knock his offense because he's not that kind of player. But yeah, I, I don't take that away from LeBron. I just, I just think, I think a lot of the younger players in the league, like the superstars we're watching now, there's something about Kobe prior to his death that that just it was something that drew people in, and it was almost like the Michael thing. 
where I don't think LeBron has that same effect on a lot of the players because if you you look at it, a lot of players don't want to play with LeBron. Mm. They they respect him, but there's something about him that just it, I don't know what it is that just irks some some players. Mm. And a lot of players, it's not a it's not a disrespect. Everybody knows he's great, but it's just something there that just people aren't because they just brought up to Damian Lillard. But Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard, like hell no, I would never go play. I'm not going to be play second fiddle with anybody. So I think that mentality is more dominant, and, and it's the mentality more so than the physical. Where LeBron is physically, yes, he's a dominant player because of his size, but he's he's not. I think his competitive mentality is not the same. Mm. And staying with this, as we close out this era, because I do feel like the era has been closed out. Um, where, you know, LeBron took a big chunk of the decade where, you know, yeah, he won his last championship or not last, but shit, I can't even believe I said that. But he, I, I think he's there where he hasn't, he, he's been, he's been in the finals, you know, 10 straight years or, you know, what have you. This is the first time he hasn't gotten out of the first round. Which is which is astonishing. So he he's thirteen and zero, and and now he's fourteen or or fourteen and zero, and now he's fourteen and one, in in you know in the first round, right? Just getting out of the first round. So to me, that is symbolic that the guy who has made uh just annual trips to the finals, you know, whether he wins or loses, that that's where he's been for the better part of the decade, and now he doesn't get out of the first round, and then. You know, all of a sudden, he's sitting down talking about he gonna he gonna play with the Toon Squad this summer. What? Yeah. What? I I know. I know. It, 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 that's that's it. That's it. He's retiring. He's retiring. That's it. That is LeBron telling you he will retire. He this last season. Look to me like just a better version of like maybe Jordan on year one of the Wizards. You know what I'm saying? We don't need to see that for three more years. We don't. Like just like we didn't need to see Jordan on the Wizards. You know, I don't know if we need to see this version of LeBron for three, four more years. I don't know. Maybe LeBron's right. Maybe he just needs to hang out and play with the Toon Squad this summer. Well, I, I think, I mean, obviously Father Time is undefeated. And he's definitely closer to him than what he where he was. But you know, even I I question, and it's sad to say this, but I actually question the the passion for the game and the focus now, because you're you're in L.A. and I mean, and it happened. Shaq Shaq was a big part of it. Kobe was one of the one of the rare ones that could be in L.A. and not be distracted. Like you, we never, you, if you notice, Kobe didn't start doing all these the book deals and all this other stuff after he retired. You yeah. never heard of Kobe really doing anything yeah. other than basketball. Even Magic but, was consumed in the life. Yeah, and and LeBron is now into the movies. He's he's direct. He, he's into all these. His hands are on so many different things, and I applaud mm. that from a business standpoint. But if your if your focus is on basketball and being you know, the, the quote-unquote, the goal, and you consider yourself that, then I think for these last few years, especially at this age, you got to be more focused now than when you were in your 20s. Hmm. And I don't know if that focus is there. And and even on the, the um during this series, there was a lot of moments where I saw something I never, like, I've, I've seen them do things before, even in Cleveland, like the first stint in Cleveland, like against the Bostons. But what I've noticed with LeBron is when when he feels like he's defeated, he shuts down. And it's, this isn't the first time it happened against Boston years ago prior to him going to Miami. It happened in Miami with the, the Dallas series. And I felt like the last two games of this series, it happened again where he just he just gave up. I, I don't know if you watched the full game, but mm. there were plays where he just stopped playing defense. He didn't mm. even come down court. And I was watching – he was arguing with the rest with his hands on his hip and they're fully playing down on the other <laughs> side of the court. And he never even came down. And I was like, what is he doing? And, and you can see, you can see that there's, there's something that's there's terrible. Something, it was definitely, it, yeah, it's just not, but you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that because that's, that's precisely 
what I feel because Wizards Jordan was like that where he'd be having a coffee with the ref during the game. And I feel like LeBron's doing that in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I I you think know, Mike Mike is more forgiving because Mike yeah. is 40 and 41 years old at that yeah. time. Yeah, and he played so 82 LeBron's, games at 39. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, but this, this was different. And this was different, and I know... Yeah, he's doing it in the playoffs, so it's much worse than Jordan just, you know, having a cup of coffee during a game with the ref, like in game 60 of a a team that's not even going to the playoffs. It's like, it's different. LeBron literally could compete with these guys, and he don't want to compete with them. No, he didn't. He wasn't even a great... I mean, to take 14 shots, game game five, he only took 14, 14 shots. Yeah. I've never and you're you're this is the gonna take the lead in the series. And then last game, I mean, he he shot more than fifty percent of his shots last game. For that game six, we're behind the three point line. Hmm. And I'm like, that's not even your game. And 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 I mean, I don't know if you play basketball, I know the little bit I play, you don't start doing that till you're fatigued. Hmm. When you're when you're tired, that's when you start shooting more. Yep. And I and you could see that he was tired. Which I understand. I, I'll give him. I'm not gonna give him 100 credit because of what happened in the bubble. Because a lot of people say, "Oh, he did the bubble and then he came straight to this." But when we we fail to remember, he also had three or four months off prior, in the middle of a season, to before the bubble. So it wasn't like he went 82 games straight and 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 everything. But um, he definitely, I definitely saw a fatigue. I thought I thought there was a lot of issues with that Lakers. Uh, team this year, mm. especially in this this playoff. I thought the coaching. I think there's going to be a big overhaul on this team. The coaching was horrible in this series, in my opinion. Those are good points. And the the last part of this is that you know what what's so the coaching coaching's got to improve. I mean, Jason Kidd is probably going to get another job. You know, it looks like he's he's eyeing the uh, the Portland job potentially, and LeBron clearly is not going to win another chip until he has guys who are better than him on the team now. Like that's where it is now. Like I I don't think he can win anymore as the best player. He he has to get two more healthy pieces who are better than him almost, you know, at this point, because I just, I think he's a facilitator full time now scoring 23 a game, you know, seven assists, seven rebounds, but full time facilitator. I don't think you can rely on him to dominate a game and outscore people when you need it in pivotal matchups. I don't know. I I think he's past that. I mean, he's going to be 37. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna be it's a lot of basketball. It's a lot of basketball, a lot of mileage on his body. And we're seeing it the last two years. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Um he definitely and his his A D is not not the, a healthy player either. Hmm. A D hasn't been healthy his whole career. So I wasn't surprised by what happened this year. I was actually more surprised that A D made it through last year without any major issues. Because that I, that was my biggest thing, but you're right. They're gonna need if they're gonna try to continue to build around LeBron and AD. They're gonna need a third star. They're gonna mm. have to have it because you got two players you can't rely on. Mm. So for a full full 82 game plus a, a deep run in the playoffs, and I've heard the rumors of, of, of them going after Damian Lillard, but I don't I don't see him going there. I don't that's the, I don't think he's built to be that kind of player. Mm to be under them. I but think, they definitely need another player. I think he does. I think Le- LeBron put him in the Space Jam movie just for that reason. For him, it's chess, not checkers. And, and he is. I see how LeBron moves. Mm. I see what he does with the the just like a couple years ago with the All-Star thing. He picked AD right away. First mm-hmm. pick. I I understand what he's doing, but and you're going to like this. You're going to like this if I don't think they, I think Damian was speaking in his emotions with the text he sent out right after their loss. And obviously, in that moment, there's a lot of frustration. But at the end of the day, their team is still built for deep playoff runs. They're just not catching the breaks. I mean, I, I think maybe they're missing another another piece. 
And with the way the West is going, I mean, the Lakers, the mighty Lakers might have been, they're falling. And there's time for somebody else to step up. But if Damian Lillard decides to leave, I think the perfect place for him would be the Knicks. Mm. He mm. has the attitude. He has that. New York would love him. Mm. And he doesn't He doesn't get the credit he deserves in Portland as is, even with the All-Star snubs. Damian Lillard, I mean, Curry gets all of the credit, but Damian Lillard is right there. And if he goes to the Knicks, I think I think his career will take off. Mm. Perfect transition, too, man. Knicks, Hawks, I was so tight, man. I've never seen such bad just coaching on Thibodeau's part. And I had a friend of mine who, who's been following Tibbs for some time, and he was just like, listen, everybody just rem- re- remembers the Chicago Bulls Tibbs, but few remember the Timberwolves Tibbs with Wiggins and, and Towns and all those guys, and he never made those pieces work. And in the playoffs, he never really made adjustments or anything. And this is a, a, a playoff series that I didn't see Knicks Hawks we're talking first round. I didn't see full court traps, half court traps. Uh, I didn't see um, just people like, like I saw certain things where, where you were trying to put, you know, get Trey Young uncomfortable at times when he was trying to, you know, come off of certain screens, things like that. But I didn't see a sense of urgency um, from a adjustment standpoint, just from a pure coaching standpoint. Now, and, and this is my final point. Jay, is that the entire series, and it made me sick to my stomach, to be clear, is that I felt like Tibbs was like, listen, man, just roll the ball out. We're just happy to be here. That's it. We're just happy to be here, and that's really it. But everything else is cherry on top. We don't care as much about this series. We're just happy to be here for now. And then we'll talk next year or the year after. And you know what? If you're going to be a Nick coach, that's the easiest way to get yourself fired. Yeah, New York does not have the patience. I mean, especially, I mean, right now, this year, that's going to work, like you said, because they haven't sniffed the playoffs in years. So just being there was good enough. But I will defend Thibodeau. Me being a Bull fan and even member of that team, I think it was not so much one. He's a defensive coach. No one, no one's ever mentioned him on the offensive standpoint. Um, but I think when when you guys were coming up, when that series was coming up, my concern was the interior and Julius Randle being your best player. He's a beast, but you're going against a Capella for a seven game series. You're going against um, Collins. They have a nice. I'm sorry, I didn't hear the last one. Collins, Hunter, yeah, they had some Collins. size we couldn't handle. They had some size in there, and they have offense. Like, I don't think people realize how much offense that Hawks team really has. Yeah. Because Huter, Huter is a hell of a shooter, and he showed that against the Knicks. Every time they left him open, he hit it. And then you got Trey Young, who's obvious. We know what he can do. Bogdanovich. And you got Bogdanovich, who's underrated, very underrated. And then you had Danilo. Danilo's not a scrub. I no. mean, he hasn't panned out to be what the Knicks drafted him to be. Everybody thought they were getting another Dirk Nowitzki style, but Danilo was, I don't consider him a bust at all. No. He's able to put up 20, 20 plus on a good night. And then you still got Collins, who who's not your typical, He, he remind, his game reminds me of Garnett a lot. He's not as physical, and he, I don't think he gets the shots or the the. He's not in a scheme to show it, but he can shoot. He can shoot the three. He can mix it up inside. He plays decent defense. And Capella, Capella is a go. Gobert gets a lot. Rudy Gobert on Utah gets a ton of credit for his defense as the best defensive center. You get him beat on a deep, but Capella is the second best defensive center in the league, in my mm. opinion. I've been watching him since Houston, so I wasn't surprised what he did. So I, I think the biggest issue in New York is there's not enough offense. You got you know you guys don't really have shooters. Uh, Barrett is inconsistent in my opinion. I I've never really been sold on him. And Derrick Rose. I can't be hard on up. Barrett though. Ba- Barrett, the only dude who's driving to the hoop consistently throughout the entire yeah. playoffs, and he's a two-year dude. Like 
I think Barrett with his work ethic and his physical just ability being at six, a full six, six, 200, he, he will have the strength and long-term to be a wrecking force in the league. You know, he's going to be your guy who gets you 20 points. He gets you, you know, maybe five, six rebounds, five, six assists. I think that's the type of player he's going to develop into. Yeah. And I, I don't think he's a bad player. I mean, from an offense standpoint, he's one dimensional. And now I think mm. that's what you guys lack as a team. You don't really have any shooters on that team. Mm. And you got a team that's built to defend the, in, the interior. And now your best player is kind of, I mean, you saw Julius Randle was not the Julius Randle we've seen all season. And I don't consider him a bust. He just had a tough, that's a tough front court to go against. He would not get was, in the paint. He would not box out. He stayed on the three-point line for every game of this series. I was surprised that he didn't want to engage physically at that level. Like, I don't know what it was. I, I almost started feeling like maybe he was hurt, you know, or, or or maybe somebody dropped a bag at his house and he was like, all right, cool. I won't be in the paint. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, how could you yeah, not be in the paint for five games in a row? Capella, Capella is a great defender. Yeah. He's a great defender. He's big. He's strong. He's quick. So I, I wasn't surprised by that part. I knew if they were going to win that series, I actually wanted them to win. I picked them to win because of the Knicks' defense. If I thought if they could slow down at least Trey Young, it would make a huge difference. But I knew Jewish Randall was not going to be the – not going to put the same numbers, not against not against that back that uh, front court. Mm. Now, so. there have been a lot of therapists getting on the radio lately trying to give uh, – you know, trying to throw a lifeline to Nick fans, me being one of them, right? And it's like, you got to carpartmentalize this year. And you got to put the regular season and the postseason in separate buckets. And I'm trying to do that, Jay. I'm trying really hard. <laughs> I think you guys are fine, man. I, I, I don't, I think the Knicks should be excited. I think New York should be excited because what the Knicks finally show is they're back in the, the mix in the East. They're definitely a team to be reckoned with. They have a young core. And I think you just need one piece. I think it's one I think you're one piece away. I mean, even even if you can pull a, a John Wall, I, well, I don't consider him the, the, the piece. But if you can add a John Wall, maybe a Damian Lillard, I don't think y'all far away. And if you want really want to shoot for the stars, why not go for an A D? Mm. I mean, he is a free agent. Mm. I mean it's a, it's, it, I think you guys are one piece away, and it's, the East is not as strong as everybody's making it out to be. I think we obviously you got Brooklyn, you have Philly, and you have Milwaukee. After that, the East is 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 pretty much average. I don't think there's a ton of so you the, the Knicks could easily be a four four seed consistently in the next few years. Hmm. Speaking of the East, we're gonna close out with the. Conference finals now, East and West. And we got Brooklyn, Milwaukee. We got Philly, Atlanta. For me, the most exciting series, I think, across the league, because in the West, you're going to have Utah versus the winner of Den of uh, Dallas or the Clippers. And then you got Phoenix versus Denver. But I feel like the most exciting matchup NBA-wide nationally is Brooklyn and Milwaukee because I think people are, are they want to see Brooklyn get tested. They want to see what does this team look like against a formidable opponent and potential champion in, in the Bucks. Yeah, and you know what? I'm excited for this one. I'm it starts tonight. Um I'm excited for a ton of reasons. One, I I like Brooklyn. I love KD. I wouldn't mind seeing him win just because it, it brings up the argument with him and LeBron, and I love the drama. Mm. I'll admit it. I'll admit it. But what what this is, the bigger to this, is if you look at it, you got Giannis, small market, been there since the draft, since his draft, they built around him, and now you're going, it's, it's almost what we just talked about. It's that one man going against this super team again. And it's almost like like we're gonna see now. Is this the end 
is this thing because if the Milwaukee pulls this out, which I think they have a big chance of doing, mm. because uh, the Nets, the Nets have showed in that Boston series, you can get inside in that terrier anytime you want. Jason Tatum got to the hole whenever he wanted to, and there's no one playing in the middle. I don't know what's going on with DeAndre Jordan because he he's not even playing. Um, that was they weird. have no, yeah, and I don't understand. He's not injured, and he he's played throughout the season. And he had a great season, so I don't know what's going on with that, but. If if they're not gonna, who's gonna stop Giannis in the middle? If Jason Tatum's dropping forty on you, what is what is this dude gonna do? Mm. And also the way they play now, Giannis, they're switching him on the paint now. Giannis in the paint is unstoppable. Giannis within fifteen feet of the hoop, there's no one in the league for him. And if now they took him off the top of the key. You know, they, they realize he's not LeBron James. And that's great for Giannis because now Giannis can be a great Hall of Fame player at the things he is exceptionally better at than anyone else in the league. And that is just driving the ball to the hoop, doing it with speed. He has a great first step. And that little fadeaway he's got within, you know, 15 feet works for him. You know, do I want to see that with eight seconds left in the fourth quarter? Maybe not. But can he give you 35 to 40 points just doing that all game and then also play exceptional defense on the other end? For sure. And the question I got is that what's going to be more powerful? The size of Milwaukee and the sheer toughness and balance because Milwaukee to me is the most balanced team in the NBA when it comes to defense, shooting. I mean, you got Chris Middleton, you got Drew Holiday, you got Giannis, you got, you know, furry hair center dude, Lopez, right? Well, even, yeah, even Brooke Lopez is hitting threes now. So. That dude hits threes, you know? So is it going to be that? Or is it going to be the hired guns, the assassins, the Navy SEALs? Is it going to be Kyrie Irving, unstoppable, 90% from the free throw line, 40% from the three-point line? Is it going to be Kevin Durant, 90% from the free throw line, 40% from the three-point line? Is it going to be James Harden, 90% from the free throw line? And he's probably also shooting 40% from the threes. Those that three combination, these guys don't miss free throws. Okay, I'm scared people are underestimating a little bit Brooklyn's toughness because they see Giannis, they see the size, and I I don't disagree, but when these guys go to the line, they don't miss. So when it comes to points, I still think these hired guns, these assassins, will have one more point at the end of the game for this this series they they're going to win this series outright see i don't i don't know so uh, this is my take on this series one i i think we're getting a treat because this this might be the closest to a 90s rivalry as we're going to get mm. because there's no there's there's throughout the past James Harden and Giannis don't like each other they've made it very known James Harden has said Giannis is just a seven footer that can dunk. He has no skill. Mm. And and Giannis has said all all he does is jack shots up. So they've gone back and forth in the media over the past three, four years now with each other. They don't like each other. It's very known. So I'm excited about that because we don't see that anymore. Mm. We don't see teams that just don't like each other. And then with, with KD and, and Giannis, KD averages 38 against Giannis. Mm. But Giannis averages 34. So they've already shown they're going to put up their numbers where I think the difference is, and I agree with you on the offensive side, because you can't offense a great offense is always going to be a great defense. So you can't stop KD. You're not going to stop James Harden. Kyrie, I think you can slow down because of the size factor alone. Because hmm. Drew Holiday did give him issues throughout the season. He didn't shut him down, but he definitely made it work. Um, but I think where the difference is going to come is – is on the defensive side, Brooklyn is the is like number two, I believe, in the top three on interior defense. They were number one last year, and Brook Lopez doesn't get the credit. He plays great defense. Giannis, is you a, mean Milwaukee? Defense. Milwaukee top three. Milwaukee, sorry, top yeah. Milwaukee's in the top three interior defense. They were number one last year, and like I said, you got you got you got Giannis, great defender. You got Brook Lopez, great defender. Drew Holiday, great defender. Mm. And don't forget, you got Bobby Portis and um, 
P.J. Tucker coming off the bench, great defenders. And now I'm the, so it, I think the wave, it's almost like the Clipper thing where you can just keep throwing these waves of defenders and they're all big hmm. at, at these guys and actually play them straight up. I think they could play them straight up because I, I think Giannis, Giannis has shown against Harden. Giannis has always given Harden problems. Hmm. Um, and, and normally with Houston, they would go, have Giannis guard him, but obviously it was just Harden. I don't know if they're going to have Giannis on KD in this one and, and see and let Middleton take a shot at, at Harden, but I think the defense, the, the, the offense is going to have to work. They're, if if the Nets are going to pull this out, they're going to need, it's crazy to say because you got the three of them, but I think they're going to need a Joe Harris or Blake to, to step up and give them a little bit more than six, eight points. They're going to need one of them to Maybe between because remember Jeff Green's not playing. Jeff Green is out. Hmm. So it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be real interesting. I think we're going to get a good series here. I think it'll go seven, in my opinion. And I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Brooklyn, just like you. But I don't think it's going to be far apart. Hmm. So there you have it. And I know Jose's like dying to see Brooklyn get taken down, but. I'm with you, man. Brooklyn 7. Philly, Atlanta. Two shit-talking people. Joel, (laughs) Trey. A lot of shit going to be talked. If Joel play, it's a no-brainer. But I got to respect Trey's game because Trey is built for the modern league. And... His cadence, his reads, his control of the... He he can control offense now without shooting the ball. He's reached true greatness. And I don't think there's no turning back. There, there's no looking back now. This guy has has reached that, that, that moment of greatness. And I only think it gets better from here. Uh, just seeing him play uh, in that series versus my Knicks. Um, Trey looks like a guy who just... He sees the game different now. Well, he plays with no fear. Fearless. We talk. We talk about the Westbrooks and and Curry. Trey's right there with the, the attitude. I liked what I saw against New York. Hmm. I think the worst thing the Knicks did was rile him up. Once once he got going, it was almost like the Kobe thing, and he's a big Kobe fan too. It was almost like once you you start talking to him, it just made him play better. And he plays with no fear. Like these playoffs didn't scare him like most first time players when they get in there. And I agree with you with the Philly thing, man. If if Embiid doesn't play, I'm picking Atlanta all the way. Hmm. Like not not even close, to be honest with you. I think uh, Philly was exposed. Doc Rivers, I love Doc Rivers, but and we had this conversation prior. It gets a lot of credit for the Boston years, but it's a lot easier to 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 win when you got three Hall of Famers running the running the ship. And then when you got to the Clippers, we saw that he got out coached many times. And even his last series against Miami, and I'm not Miami. Um, what did Philly play? Uh, I don't remember they? It was uh, Philly and Washington, Westbrook and Washington, uh, and, even, and Bill. And that last, that last, the game that Washington did win, Doc Rivers out coached. He didn't make the adjustments. And I think they expose him. The the hacker shack is back in full effect on Ben Simmons. He's terrible, that's a, man. That, and that's gonna be. You think that's not gonna come into play in Atlanta? Hmm. They, I would definitely use it. And if 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 Embiid's not playing, oh, that's that's gonna come real quick because it showed that Tobias Harris is the only other person on the team, other than Embiid, that can create his own shot from outside and inside. Seth Curry inconsistent. Ben Simmons is only effective from the interior. So if I'm if I'm Atlanta, you drop into a two three, play his own, shut him down. If Embiid's not there, Dwight Howard's not the guy who he was. Mm. Who's who's gonna be the other scorer? Because Ben Simmons is not is not the player that's gonna give you 40 points. He's not gonna give you 25. I think he Ben Simmons only averaged 13 points for the season. Also He's more of a, so I don't know. Yeah, no, not Jay. I'm with you on that because, all right, so let's say, uh, how do they handle the Capella thing? Because I think Capella is uniquely qualified for this series because when Ben Simmons kind of breaks down his man, he still has to go up against a a full 
Capella, who's going to roam freely if Joel's not there. If Joel's there, then Capella has his handful. He got to worry about Joel all game. So then others can roam, others can do their thing because Capella can't cheat. But without Joel, you're going to have a seven foot one guy just roaming around like Jaws. Like that's what he did with the Knicks because we didn't have a guy his size to, to, to keep him busy and occupied. This guy is going to look like the defensive player of the year. Like if Joel don't come back. And on top of that, you got to remember, I mean, if Joel doesn't play and you have Dwight Howard, can Dwight Howard defend the middle? Yes, he can still do that. But he's an interior player. Dwight Howard doesn't have a jump shot. He doesn't have a mid-range. He definitely can't shoot threes. Whereas, like, it's going to be the same effect. Like you said, Capella can still just sit in that middle. With Joel, you got to follow him out because Joel can hit the three. Mm. So that would actually draw Capella out and open that middle up for Ben Simmons and for Tobias. I think without Joel, I don't think Philly has a chance against Atlanta. Mm. Even though they're a new team, I I don't see it. Now, to close this out, man, this this was some good stuff, Jay. Talking hoops, man. We could probably go hours. Just... Oh, you know, I love this. <laughs> and, you know, Utah, I mean, we, I, I, I don't have much because I think, you know, we need to wait for the Dallas Clippers uh, series to end to really, you know, break that down with Utah. Um, so just hovering over that one, we got Phoenix, Denver. You know, this too will be really exciting because Aiton has come into his own. Aiton's similar to like a, a Capella in a sense. Because I don't think people know DeAndre Ayton. Um, his first name DeAndre? Yeah, it's DeAndre. Right? Because I'm like, listen, how many DeAndres? But yes, he's DeAndre Ayton. And I'll, the, the national stage doesn't know him that well. And I think he's coming into his own defensively. He's doing great with the pick and rolls. Uh, great with trailing to the hoop for the alley-oops. Great defensively. Uh and, you know, I think he's going to be a good matchup for Jokic because Jokic has been scorching the league, but I think Phoenix can uh, can take this one. So I'm going to go with Phoenix for the simple fact that you got Chris Paul who's back. People forget Chris Paul had that shoulder issue, and when he had that shoulder contusion, people thought it was over for him, and and even me to a certain extent. So props to Chris Paul for, for bouncing back on that injury at, at the age of 36 now. And then you got Devin Booker, who's probably, as a shooting guard, is the face of the league as a shooting guard because he's dropped 70 points in one game. He continues to drop buckets. He ended the Lakers in one half just his last series to close it out. This guy's coming into his own, and I think Denver is a great test for Booker to say, listen, man, I'm going to keep going. And the fact that they don't have Jamal Murray, I think it helps because, you know, you don't have to defend that position as, as, as aggressively as if Murray was there. He keep you busier in that sense. Um, but then again, Denver has weapons. You know, they got Jokic. They got uh, Michael Porter Jr. And they got, a, you know, other pieces that complement there. But offensively, you know, I give the nod to Phoenix. And I also like what they bring defensively. So I say Phoenix in six. I, I've, after watching this series against the Lakers, I didn't realize how well Phoenix plays defense. Hmm. Their defense is a lot better than what I I assumed. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned Chris Paul because all the years I've watched basketball, you know, I love point guards. I love Kevin Johnson. You know, Stockton was hmm. – you know, I got to give him his, his due. But I, Gary Payton. But what I saw in this series is I've never really paid attention. Maybe I'm getting older and I'm, I'm watching it differently. But – even with Chris Paul, Chris Paul only averaged six points this year, obviously because the shoulder. He was playing with that shoulder bad that whole series. He got remember he got hurt in what game two, I think, with the shoulder. Yeah, get game um, one, and then he stuck it out it, all the way. Yeah, and then he got hurt again in this last game. But if you watch, it was beautiful to watch. He still controlled the game, and that showed. Like when you when you're a true point guard, there were so many moments, especially in the second half of this game, where the Lakers were starting to come back. They got it within, I think, 13, 11 at one point, even down to 10. And you saw you saw why you need a Rondo or a Chris Paul 
he took the ball, he slowed the pace down, he set them up, and there were times they had breaks. He didn't a young player, I'm tossing that out there. I'm I'm a I'm a Brett Favre that down down the down the court and mm. go for this quick basket. Chris Paul would take it, stop the whole fast break, slow it down. I'm like that veteran presence and a real true point guard to control it the way he did. Yeah, he, Booker put up all the points and he definitely carried the load. But what Chris Paul was doing was very important. I don't think people realize how important what he did was because that if he wasn't running point guard and the other kid uh, Payne did a great Cameron Payne did a great job too. But if he was running that point guard position and Chris Paul was out, the Lakers, I believe, would have came back and won that game hmm. because they would they were just pushing. They, instead of them thinking, all right, time is our friend, it would have been more so we're going to keep scoring with them. And they were missing at that time where the Lakers was getting a rebound, come down, score. Now it's down 10. Now it's down 8. And you know how momentum works. And obviously still LeBron, I'm pretty sure he would have perked up if he felt like they were closer. So I give Chris Paul a lot of credit, but when it comes to the, the series with Denver, I agree with you on a lot of that. I feel like Joe Kick is on his own at this point. Uh, Michael Porter definitely stepped up, but after that, it's kind of like where are you getting the points from? Hmm. Like I, there's there's nobody else out on that team that can put up the points or that can create a shot because everything runs through Joe Kick, and he's not a great defender. We saw that last year against AD, and I'm not comparing Aiden to AD whatsoever, but I know with Chris Paul, he runs a lot of that pick and roll with him and Booker mm. run a lot of pick and roll with Aiden. And if Booker's book, you run that pick and roll, you got to pick one. So I, I think, I think Phoenix definitely has a chance to make it to the conference finals. I don't know if they're going to go to the finals, but I'm picking them and I don't think it's going to be close to be honest. I don't think Denver is going to make it a close game. Mm. So where do you put them in the series? Um, who Phoenix? Yeah, I I put Phoenix beating Denver. I'm gonna say in six. All right, all right, that's fair. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna say six. I like that Chris Paul point too. I think Chris Paul's getting to the point in his career where he could determine the bounce of the ball and the shift and the feet movement. And the momentum movement. And he can just nudge you left or right ever so subtly just to get what he wants out of the play. And we haven't seen a guy do it like that since probably like a Stockton, uh, Kevin Johnson, you know, those kind of guys. We haven't seen that. And Chris Paul was doing it without having the ability to shoot for a couple days. That, that, yeah. That shit is crazy. And he still was able to defend. He still did this thing. And uh, I I just think there's a lot of pieces. If, and, and, and I think one of the big factors also is Jay Crowder. And I mentioned him before. Y'all laughed at me. But I said Jay Crowder is underrated. I mean, he's not a scorer. Oh, come I mean, on. Jay Crowder? Hey, Crowder? Watch, listen, Jay Crowder can't create his own shot. I'm not giving him that at all. But if you watch, if he's open out of purple, Jay Crowder can hit the three. He's a great defender. He does. He's that hard working player bro, that you need. Jay, he's that Jay, guy that Jay Crowder is, is part of the WWE man. Like, and that's what you need. Like, that's what that, <laughs> that's what they're gonna need against Denver. Because Jay, I can I can guarantee you, Jay Crowder will will probably end up guarding Michael Porter. And, and you mean you mean wrestling joking. Michael Porter? Yeah, but you know what? That physical. <laughs> That physical is going to make a difference. You need that player. I, I've always said that. And it, it's gone away because the league has obviously changed. Jay Crowder is one of the few still in the league that plays that physical. But think about all the 90s teams. You had your Oakley Masons. You had your Horace Grant, Dennis Rodman. Every team had that bruiser. That it, it's, it's not like it, it, some guys, it takes them out of their rhythm. So I got a funny one. And just to round this out, um, you know, LeBron's promoting his movie, right? Space Jam. And he he and Jay Crowder, right? It's ironic. We're, we're close. We're, we got Jay Crowder and LeBron. But basically, LeBron tweets, it's all fun and games until the rabbit got the gun. 
You saw that tweet, Jay? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see that. <laughs> that shit was funny, right? And then, and then Jay Crowder, who goes by the name Boss Man with two N's, ninety nine. He's like, with his hand, you know, with that emoji or or that 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 symbol of dancing, like the dancing man symbol. And yeah. He's like, ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. Exclamation! Exclamation! Twelve more to go. Big ninety-nine. <laughs> Crowder's a savage, man. Him and LeBron. Yeah, he, he plays no fair. That's what and that made a huge difference because if you watch that series, a lot of it Crowder was on him. And when I say Crowder was making a difference, Crowder was a part of the reason LeBron was getting tired. It's not like he it's not on the other side of course. It's not like LeBron was defending him. He wasn't he didn't have to. And Crowder hit some shots. I mean, he, remember, he dropped, I think, close to 20 a couple of games in the series. But it was on the other side. Like, he was pushing LeBron around. And, yeah, LeBron couldn't – he couldn't guard him. He wasn't going to stop him. There was no one saying that. But that constant weight on you and the, the mm. beat, beat up, it, it tires you out. Mm. And you saw it come into play in those last couple of games where LeBron was gassed. So I think Crowder will make a difference. I uh, I like Booker, obviously. He can play the same way he played, or at least close to it. That's going to be tough to stop. Mm. And they need Chris Paul to be Chris Paul this series, though. The shoulder injuries, he can't average six. He's got to be – we got to see a little bit of the old Chris Paul to be successful in this series. He got to get some points on the board. So Yeah. It's been real, Jay. It's been real. I had a lot of fun doing this. Shout out to all our people. Jose, shout out. Rex, shout out. We'll get we'll get you guys back on the next one. And everybody listening, until next time, peace out.